Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to bring you another guest and also a friend, uh, Kathy Buckworth. Let me tell you a little bit about Kathy before we get into conversation. Kathy is an award-winning writer, spokesperson, content creator, and media personality. She's the author of six nonfiction books, including I Am So the Boss of You, an eight-step guide to giving your family the business with Random House. Her books have been translated into Chinese, Indonesian, and other languages, and they are available on audio.com. Oh, sorry, excuse me audible.com of course the big one and wherever books can be sold kathy is a two-time winner of the professional writers association of canada award for excellence in humor and i can testify to her humor you'll find that out in a minute and she is also the recipient of the mississauga arts award for established literary arts she has recently completed her second novel and is also working on her first screenplay Kathy has been an influencer and a broadcaster in the parenting market for almost two decades and having recently become a first time grandparent, she has turned her focus to addressing the challenges and opportunities which grandparents face. Kathy's a regular guest expert on television across the country 
She's the host of a weekly radio show that just launched. We're going to talk about it. Go to Grandma on Zoomer Radio. And she also has a regular segment on CHCH TV, which talks about the world of grandparenting in the 2020s. Kathy runs regular media tours talking about products and services that grandparents are looking for today. And this lucrative and growing demographic is easily reached by this grandfluencer, which I think she's actually the originator of that term, but I love it. She has over 18 years of corporate marketing experience with CIBC, Royal Bank, Telus, Coca-Cola Foods. And um, her last position was as director of marketing for co-branded credit cards at CIBC. She's acted as the spokesperson for a variety of high-profile companies, including PC Financial, Elcon, TransUnion, Greco, uh, Kijiji, Kobo, VTech, Pillsbury, and other brands. And more importantly, she and I hang out all the time uh, in person when we can, at least monthly with a great group of women. And we've been friends for a whole long time in this parenting world. And now, and now you're jumping ahead of me with the grandparenting. But thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Allison. Yeah, we're like the OG parenting writers. Uh, hand, uh, there are others, obviously, great ones like Ann Douglas and other people that have been, we've been doing this for a long time. And you're right, during that time, I've become a grandmother. My oldest daughter is 30. Your girls are in their 20s. You know, it, time marches on and some things change and some things stay the same, don't they? Isn't it so? I'm, first of all, can I tell you that even if I'm talking to, to mums, like you're talking to Victoria, or I'll talk to my kids when they have kids. You know, you need to build up your community. You need to build up your friends that are in the trenches with you. But is it ever nice to have somebody who's like a little ahead of you in the experience? You know, like there's somebody who's breaking the path that's sort of letting you know what's a coming down the pipeline. And you are that person for me because you are ahead of me. I, I, I always feel like I can give great advice when I'm living the experience of applying Adlerian psychology to what I'm doing, but I haven't been a grandma. I've had a grandmother, but I mean, you don't know till you do it, right? Exactly right. And I agree with you um, in terms of living the experience. I mean, my first books were written. I wrote my first book when I was on mat leave with my fourth child. And of course, a lot of it was centered around young children, babies, toddlers, et cetera. And as the kids grew, the books sort of grew along with them to the point where, you know, I did not ever write a book about teenagers because as you alluded to, I like to have a bit of humor in my books, not a lot of funny stuff going on sometimes when you have teenagers. And I just felt that it was actually, that was actually more wading into your territory in the sense of being a professional therapist versus mine, which was an observant sort of writer and living the experience. So um, then we, you know, we jump ahead a few years and here I am, you're right. I became a grandma for the first time almost two years ago. And now I have a second grandson with the same daughter um, and living that experience. And as you just said, we all had grandmothers to different degrees and knowing them and how long they were around in our lives, et cetera. Um, but being one is quite different than having one and being one now is quite different from being one then, you know, uh, years and years ago, there's, that's sort of what my, not sort of what, that is what my radio show really focuses on is grandparenting today. And some of the conversations we're having with our grandkids or, you know, older kids as well, that our grandparents did never think of having with us half the topics didn't even exist like social media and things like that but some of them just weren't talked about like a conversation I had about having an LGBTQ plus grandchild and how do you lead that discussion I had that um, conversation with a guest last week so yeah things have changed in the world of grandparenting for sure you know and um so I had a very close relationship with my parents 
and my grandparents. I, I was in a rare situation where I was, maybe we're old enough. <laughs> I'm old enough. Oh my gosh. I'm almost 60. Um, we're the same age. Allison, yeah, so. I know we're in the yeah. same age cohort, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's more common, you know, for older people where like, I still had my grandparents lived with us part of the year. Like I my grandparents, my, my grandparents on my mom's side lived with us six months of the year. So I had a very close relationship with them and like multi-generational homes is like, that's, bit of a dying dinosaur. And on my dad's side of the family, I lived with my grandmother, my, my dad's mom. I lived with her for a, a bunch of time, much more as uh, maybe the way kids would today, where it was like, housing's very expensive. I needed to work in Toronto. She had a big house and was lonely. I was kind of in my twenties. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, but I had very, I would say I've had the privilege of having very close relationships with my parents. So as I think about um, my roles across the, 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 the decades or whatever. I really think that as much as I got excited about parenting and all the things that I needed to do about parenting, I also really felt like, Oh, well, like there's also this thing called grandparenting and it, it is no, it's not something to snuff off. It's a significant, impactful opportunity, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so glad that you are bringing people into this conversation. It's not, it's not some little frou-frou thing on the side. It's not fluffy. It's actually really important. It's really important. And it's funny, you you know, I had an opposite sort of relationship than you did. Um, My grandparents, all four of them lived in England because my parents had immigrated to Canada. So I maybe met my grandparents five times, like as a child. Um, probably the oldest I was meeting any of them was probably in late teens, early twenties. Um, and we did not have a close relationship in the sense that we, we would visit and I was a kid and my parents were there. So I didn't spend a lot of time alone with my own grandparents. They certainly didn't watch us or anything like that. It was more vacation mode grandparents, you know? Um, so I didn't have any expectations going into being a grandparent myself. Um, I had known that Victoria wanted children. Of course, she's, you know, the, the one daughter that I have that has the kids and, and I knew, you know, that I wanted to, we were close. I wanted to be close with her kids. We're really close in the sense that she lives five minutes away. And of course, her son, the first one was only about, oh gosh, five or six months old when the pandemic hit. So they ended up moving in with us, um, her husband and and Owen, their grandson, for about uh, four months or so. Um, And it was a lot, you know, it was a lot because the rest of my kids moved home as well as they lost jobs and couldn't be at university um, in person. So we had about eight people, I don't know what it was, and two cats that someone was allergic to. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) like a lot. Um, And we really got to see what their parenting style was like, what their routines were like. I'd obviously helped her out at the beginning when the baby came home from the hospital, but it's not the same as living with them. Yeah. Okay. So good point. So that's what I'm, so that's, I think, you know, we could differentiate that because I know that um, I want to talk about your radio show and some of the questions that you Mm -hmm. asked me there, but there is there, when you, you were forced by circumstance to be in an intergenerational home where you were the top of the hierarchy because it was your home and they came home by circumstance, obviously of, of COVID and whatever. Um, but you were you were living as an extended nuclear family, which is very different than, to your point, a visit here and there, yeah. a hi, how are you? Like you guys had to figure out 
how to orchestrate daily life with all these characters, all these generations, <laughs> all, you know, and obviously your daughter is, you know, needs to run and manage her household. Like mm-hmm. that's a very different situation than just getting together for a birthday party. Very different. And because I um, mean, she had lived at home since she went away to university and, you know, she's coming home at the age of 28 with a baby and a husband, they lived downtown Toronto. Their place was just uh, too risky for them to stay in. Um, but it was the, you know, everything from, Oh, we have to be quiet. A baby sleep. We haven't done that for a long time. You know, that's don't close the door. And then it was, you know, and also she and her husband and another daughter of mine are all vegan. So then we had, oh, we're not only making dinner for all these people every night. We had the vegan meal. We had my meal. So she sort of actually took on the role of vegan chef while I took on just the other as regular. Yeah, I don't want to say regular, but you know, the the rest of us, the way I'd always been cooking for them. So that sort of fell into a routine as well. Once they moved out, um, it was it was great. We loved having them here. Don't get me wrong, but it was a lot. And they would say the same thing. So we were able to establish a more normalized relationship when they moved out. And, you know, I think that still that time period gave us some great bonding time. But again, I think the most important thing was that uh, they knew who I parented. My daughter had grown up with me. I get to see how they parented. And it's different. It is different. Um, Millennial parenting is different than I call myself a geriatric Gen Xer than geriatric Gen Xer parenting. It's different. So I keep thinking I'll really know how much my influence touched my children when I watched them parent their children. Because I think there's sort of this, uh, I you know, uh, psychological rule that says the things that you didn't like about your childhood, you're going to make sure don't happen to your right. kids. Like, by God, my mother never whatever. And when I raise kids, they will always have an opportunity to whatever the X, Y, and Z is. And the other things are the things that like, oh, I loved how she rubbed my back. Or I loved how we always had the pancakes with their little initial on them in the morning. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm very interested to see what my kids continue on and what they refute. And then to your point, what the world didn't even present. Like I, you know, I mean, there's just so much stuff that, you know, wasn't about what I did or didn't do because we didn't have it when I was growing up. We didn't have, so when my kids were born, we didn't have social media accounts for our children. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and then, so you're right. There's a combination going on there traditional things that she would carry on. For instance, it's very important to me. And it's also now very important to her that they sit down as a family to dinner. They don't eat dinner in front of the TV. They're all there together. It's the one meal of the day um, that they all share. Um, And then there's other things that are just totally different in terms of the way that they approach feeding. Um, Baby led weaning is something that they do, which we didn't do. um, But I love it. Don't get me wrong. So there's different ways that, um, you know, that they, they are sort of approaching the, the ways that they do things. You're right in terms of what they're being, uh, you know, finding out about now and then different things that, you know, they adapt from what we used to do. Do you know what I see? Because I know you and I follow both you and your daughter and, so, and Brandon on social media. It's like your family, like you are all, you're all about family. Mm-hmm. Every, it's like pool parties and having people over for brunch and like games night. And like mm-hmm. they, you know, the fact that they came, that they wanted to be home under your roof for COVID, yeah, like the way nice. that you, how much you interact with your parents, how you care for your parents, like that theme, that value of family, even if you do it a different way, like that's so beautiful in what I see passing on between the generations in your family. 
Well, thank you. And it, like I said, it started with sort of me having very remote relationship with my grandparents. And I think my parents would say they barely even knew their grandparents because we just didn't live that long. Let's be honest. Yeah. right? My parents are in their 80s. I mean, their grandparents would have been, you know, um, so that but my parents uh, are closer to my kids than I was with my own grandparents. But still, my mom and dad never took my kids for sleepovers. I, I'm not meaning to criticize. I'm just sort of stating facts. There were four of us as well um, in my family. So I always feel like my mom was just she was done with having kids around by the time I had four kids, um, but they were not hands and still are not hands-on grandparents, but my children have a great love for them. My parents recently moved into a retirement home and my youngest son, who's 19, will say, you know, oh, maybe we can stop by and see grandma and granddad. I want to tell them about this, you know? So they, they, um, they do have a relationship for sure. They love hanging out together and hearing stories, but it's not as close uh, as I would be with Victoria. I think as each generation has gone by, we found our natural level of closeness. It's, and it's who you are and it's also your circumstances. I lived yeah. in Vancouver and Calgary when I had my first two children. My parents were still here in Toronto. So it was hard to establish that right from the start. Um, so I have to take some of that burden myself. Um, but now we have, like I said, we are very fortunate. They're still around. So they have great grandparents, um, my two grandsons as well, as well as us. So yeah, things change. <laughs> And, you know, I, I know with my own kids, I felt like my, um, my, I'm divorced. My then husband, Ken's mom was older and she would have happily taken the kids, but I wouldn't leave them with her. And not because I didn't think that she was a competent person or a loving person or whatever, but she was just that much older. Yeah. She couldn't, I didn't, I didn't think she could run down a hall and catch a toddler. I didn't think she could lay a kid on the floor yeah. and change a diaper that was with a kid that was going to buck back. And I just didn't want poop all over her white furniture. You know, you know? It's a really good point, Allison. Right? Like, I, look at you, you're working out. I, I, you know, your 40 minute, your Instagram, what did you do this morning? Your body, whatever. I mean, like no, God, I we're healthy right. young bucks, aren't we yeah. at 60? Exactly. What? 58. Will you stop? 58. Yeah. Don't put Yeah. yeah good point. Go so on. So but I became a grandma at 56, which is actually the same age as my mom became a grandma. Uh, my mom is actually pretty super fit now at, at 82 or whatever she is, but um, you're right. You have to, you know what? This is my advice for people who are uh, thinking, or they're going to be grandparents next few years, start working out. And I'm not being funny or facetious. There is a lot. You're right. You're dashing after toddlers. You're reaching under couches for soothers. You're bending over. You're walking. You're, you know, it's like, you need to t- actually prepare for that. You need to train for this if you want to be an active participant in your grandchild's life and be that grandparent that they say, yeah, she can, she can catch up with him. It'll work. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and they, and I guess that's why they say it keeps you young. Yes, because because, oh, my I mean, I'm, I I don't do you have days where you just like collapse at the end of the day where you're like, oh, my God, Victoria does that all day long. Like I'm I at six you. hours and I'm like so ready to hand off and go to bed. I do. And Allison, I can go down um, playground slides. OK, so this is what I've I, seen you. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, a few times. And at the end, I'm like, OK, that was the least graceful thing in the world. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also um so there's also the emotional there's also the emotional part i think i think there is a difference in the relationship that you have with your parents than you have with your grandparents yes there is and i think you know for me it comes down to as the parent i would say that as the parent basically our whole role is to be a buzzkill <laughs> in a sense right because while we have great happy wonderful times with our kids we're also like oh but don't do this or make sure you don't do that or be careful of this or be careful of that and it's our job it's our responsibility to look out for those sort of landmines that they might not see coming and if not try to clear them for them at least warn them that they're in the road um so you know it's it's a lot of burden of responsibility and it can sometimes make us that 
person, you know, that sort of, we're always saying no, and we're always, you know, um, saying, you know, we, well, let's do that, but let's be careful. When you're the grandparent, I'm not saying you're not going to tell them to be careful. I'm just saying it's not your primary responsibility to lay down those ground rules and to make sure that the landmines are clear. And I get asked sometimes, I, like, do I find it hard? Uh, I'm doing quotation marks, but you can't see that. Um, air, air, air quotes I, there on the air podcast. Quotes. Air quotes yeah. happen just there. Yeah. Do I find it hard to follow Victoria and Braden's rules with their kids in terms of eating and sleeping, which are slightly different than, than what I did. And I say, no, it's actually a relief that I'm not the one that has to make the rules. I'm like, well, you can't have that because mom says you can't, right? Um, and I would never say, but grandma would. Um, but I'm also, you know, very conscious of the fact that I am there, the keeper of their rules when the grandkids are with me. I don't try to circumvent the rules. I don't try to do things with them or, or you know, Owen is almost two and he's never watched television because they've been reading all of the advice that says kids under two shouldn't. So I do not sneak in a program here and there just because I need a break. I know they would really not like that. He is a vegan child. I do not try to feed him unvegan. That would be really bad. Um, so it's kind of like I said, it's kind of this, well, I can follow someone else's guidebook for a change. You know, I don't have to be um, the keeper. I don't have to be the maker of the rules. I can be the keeper of the rules. And certainly if I felt um, I wasn't really comfortable with where they were going with something, I would talk to them about it. But at the end of the day, it's their decision. Yeah, that, so. yeah, that they, they are the primary caregivers and, and that's the relief that we get that yeah. we don't to your point. That's like, whoo, burden passed off. That's yeah. not my job. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think one of the things that uh, is important for the 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 um, parents of the children that are worried about handing off their kids to their grandparents. And and maybe everyone listening going like, well, sure, if I got to hand them to Kathy Buckworth and Alison <laughs> Schaefer, it'd be no problem. Um, but one of the things that I try to reinforce is like, yes, you're the parent, you're the disciplinarian, you're the one that's doing the child guidance, you're the one that's setting them up for life, and you're doing all that according to your value system, and, and that's your primary responsibility, and that's not our primary responsibility. Like, we have to be clear mm -hmm. about that. But at the same time, um, the same way that we will hand our kids off to nannies and nursery school teachers and peop and ca camp counselors and music instructors mm -hmm. and you know our kids are going to meet so many adults in their life mm -hmm. that, that we are you, it's just a reality that you're not going to be the only caregiver to your child that if you're I think if you're doing it right you're showing your children that you live in a community, that mm -hmm. you live in a village, and there's lots of eyeballs on you, and they all love you. And if anything goes wrong or strange, you can go to any person. You know, okay. Mr. Rogers, the world is full of neighbors that you just That's haven't right. met yet, but it's a safe and happy world, and your needs will get met by different people. But all of those people are going to operate a little bit differently. And, you know, Mr. So-and-so that works at the convenience store that's hard of hearing needs you to speak up and the librarian um, who's very busy needs you to talk faster so she can get on with her day. And, and I think it's important that parents understand your children can learn mm -hmm. about all the different ways adults show up in the world and not try to go around to talk to Mr. Rogers and the post office man and the nursery school per and say, could you oh. be just like me? Because my kid only knows this kind of yeah, adult. Exactly right. Yeah. And it's like, no, kids need to learn that there's all kinds of different adults and some of them are going to rub your back and some of them are going to be a little you know, scarier to talk to. And, and it's that there's, there's, there's variety and yes. diversity and we can't make it all 
monotone one way either. Yeah. And the, the challenge, of course, um, during uh, COVID has been he has very little exposure. Owen has very little exposure to people outside of his family. Um, he was supposed to start daycare when, you know, Victoria's Matley was over. He did not. He came to granny daycare. But at the time, um, my daughter, Bridget, my other daughter, who Auntie Bridget, was also she had finished her year of university. So it was grandma and Bridget daycare. So I so he came quickly to know that I was the one that was sort of, OK, it's lunchtime or, you know, you know, we're going for a walk. I would sort of set the schedule, but Annie Bridget, Auntie Bribri, she was the one with the horseback rides and the playing peekaboo and the running around the house and the jumping out at him and the, you know, and she was definitely the funner one. How's that? Definitely. Um, so he got to know these different roles. And then, you know, his uncle Nick would come into the picture. Granddad apparently lives in his office. Every time Owen comes to the house, he's like, Granddad, <laughs> he's not in the home office. He doesn't exist. So he has, he's been lucky that we've had, a, we have a big enough family that he gets exposure. Um, but he, he has not met a daycare teacher. He has not been in the care of anyone besides myself and his aunt Bridget, um, and then on Braden's side as well. So it is, uh, you know, it's a different world right now. And that, that's our concern is getting him back out into the world. Um, so I do take him to parks and playgrounds quite often. I'm still keeping him a good distance from other kids because he has a little baby brother at home. Um, but it's just getting out in the world, you know, because he hasn't had that much of an opportunity. We locked down hard, as you know, at the beginning of this, everyone did. Um, and so he didn't see any anybody else's faces but ours poor kid you know so now he's seeing more faces at least which yeah is- well and for people listening to the podcast from places outside of Ontario because we have a global listenership like Toronto has been the longest in lockdown anywhere on the planet yeah we're out of it now like I yeah, said we are now but I, I think people listening that just kind of had like a little week or two here don't appreciate yeah. when we say like no a people year. literally gave birth had babies and their babies have never been in a car seat because they just walk around the block they've never seen another child like it's a very unique situation yeah. in Toronto we really really Jesus. Uh, never been in a grocery store, Allison. Yeah. Never been in a grocery store. My daughter used to put him in the car seat just to drive him around, so he would he would be used to going in a car and driving around, which was a great idea. Um, but the things where a, a kid at his age would have been a doctor's office, um, indoor playground, um, public swimming pool, um, any of these places that were totally normal for a, a young boy of about two to have been, he hasn't been to. Now they just took him to Toronto Island last weekend. His head just about exploded. I know. I saw the pictures of them on. <laughs> The swan boats, I can't even believe the Amazing. swan boats still exist. That's so great. So they are making, and that's what I would advise anyone that, you know, is, is got young grandkids right now is to take those, like call them baby steps because they're literally baby steps, but get them outside and do small, go for hikes and get to parks. And, you know, you don't have to, you know, everyone's like, we can't travel. Well, no, you can't, but you know what? A trip to the cottage or the beach or to your local park is just as exciting to a two-year-old as going to Rome. Trust me. So yeah, you don't need yeah. to plan big holidays. Take them out just for uh, an hour or two here and there to somewhere new. He's thrilled with Georgian Bay, um, you know, different. And and it's like not that exciting Well, to, to, to us anymore, but to him, it's very exciting. He hadn't been there before. So just, you know, think about things that they haven't done before and ease them back into it before you find yourself putting them in a school situation or a daycare situation or you know, having to get on a plane or something like that. I would not advise, I would, he would, I'd not, I don't think it would be a pleasant experience to take him on a plane right now. How's that? That would be too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. Too, yeah, yeah. To your point. Yeah. We have to, we have to move in a developmentally appropriate way. Yeah. And, and those, the, some of those um, milestones have been slowed down a little bit, but, but I'm, I'm, I feel very confident that they will get caught up. I don't think oh, it's yes. like ducks think. and imprinting yeah. where I'm sorry, you didn't learn how to fly. You're never going to fly <laughs> the rest of your life. It's like, no, you're going <laughs> to figure that out later, but it's coming. 
Well, we um, joke, we joke with that. We joke that when Owen's like a teenager, he's gonna be like, "Oh my God, I'm so tired of hearing about the pandemic." Blah blah. Like you know, like, <laughs> so I didn't get to go outside. Who cares? Can I stay inside now? You know, and that's that's the generation. And when he's a teenager, this will be such ancient history. You know, yeah. which will be. But great. it'll be but it'll be ancient history. But it'll still be history. There's no one that's yeah. gonna forget these years. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the best way then, uh, as grandparents, that we can support our our kids at the you know at this time or in our role? Well, I think the number one thing is thing we've been talking about all along, which is really that they are the primary caregivers of their children. So to um, appreciate that they lay down the rules, to not be judgmental in front of them, um, to, you know, to talk with your friends about it. Maybe you think, I can't believe they're doing this or doing that. But with your kids, be supportive of their parenting techniques. Ask legitimate questions. You're like, why are you feeding him that? Or, you know, why are you waking him up when he's sleeping? You know, if you're really not sure of what strategies they're using, just ask and try to keep the judgment out of your tone and then fulfill those parenting rules for them. Um, So I think that's the number one thing that we can do is just to be there as well. I mean, when I go to my daughter's house, um, you know, especially when I was uh, going there every day when they had the new baby, I would just empty the garbage, just do the dishes, just you know, don't ask what you can do, just sort of really help them out in their day to day, because we all remember what it's like to have a newborn. It's you're just nonstop. So just getting stuff done. And if you ask them, they'll say it's fine, don't do it, or most of them will just do it. So see what needs doing and just do it and call yeah. them up and say, can I take him for an hour? Like I'm, I have Owen this afternoon after we hang up, I have him uh, for a few hours uh, on a Thursday afternoon. I have them from three till six. And then on a Tuesday morning, I have them from nine till 12. So that gives Victoria, not only that she can plan things in those times, we set a schedule, I can plan around it as well. And then she knows she has those hours with just the newborn. So she can get some, just the newborn. So she can get some other things um, done, you know, so try to try to fit into their lives as easily as you can. Well, I, I love your point about don't wait for them to ask. Like if you if, if you think they're going to like write you a to do list, they're not. And, and and this is the same. Can I just say this is the same principle about people that are like, say, grieving. If, if somebody if someone's had a death in the family and you say like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss. What can I do for you? They're not in a position. They're so overwhelmed. That's right. They're not in a position. Like if, if you truly see somebody who needs support don't give them the extra burden of now making them the taskmaster. You exactly. need to be the one that's intuitive that says, I'm going to drop off a meal. I'm going to see that the garbage needs to be done. I'm going to get that laundry done. And if you overstep and they say, oh, please don't do my laundry. Like that makes me feel uncomfortable. You like looking at my husband's gitch yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. You go, Okay, fine. Thank you. I'm glad you spoke up and told me. But I would say go with the assumptive and look around and see what needs to be done. And the majority of the time, what you're going to see is somebody saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. And like I said, just you're, the food is a big thing, right? As you know. So we dropped off tons of food at the beginning of all of this because we knew I had to order groceries for her. I would help, you know, so we did a lot of that at the beginning because food, you have to feed people three times a day. Like, what's that about? But anyway, so you got to, you got to do it, right? So, um, and I'm not a vegan chef, um, but I found ways, Victoria calls me the, like the queen of veganizing because I'll take a regular recipe and say, oh, I can use flax instead of an egg. I can use vegan butter instead of butter. So I use my same recipes, but I try, try to make them vegan. And so far it's actually worked pretty well. Um, but yeah, just find ways to take something off their plate. You're absolutely yeah. right. Can I, you know, do there, do, I don't know, something as simple as like, you know what, can, I'll take your car to the gas, I'll get you some gas or I'll, you know, just, I'm just going to sweep this front step out on my way out or I'm just going to, you know, and just do it. And they'll know that you've done it and it's very appreciated. And no, you're not their cleaning person. And no, you're not their cook and their chauffeur, but can't you help them? 
out just a little bit because we remember what it was like when we had a newborn, how hard it was. Yeah. And, and I, and for me, again, thinking back to my relationship with my grandparents, I just felt like because they didn't, and maybe this is, you're still working and we're younger in our like whatever, but I just remember they just always seemed to have time. They yeah. just worked on a different pace like they're whatever you want to call it if everyone else was working on 120 cyclical hertz <laughs> they were working on 60 they could sit and just like tell me about tadpoles mm-hmm. you know or you know there was just you know let's go slowly through the yeah. book like I just and I really needed to have time in that slower vibe. And given that I'm a pretty manic and still working mom, I hope that by the time I step into that role, that I can check into that um, less, let's get the task done and just more being the mindful in the moment present kind of mom. Grandma, I, I scaled back for sure on my work, uh, partly partly because uh, Owen was around, but also partly because I couldn't travel for work anymore. So because of the pandemic. So it sort of was a it, it can be fortunate timing. It was. Um, but yeah, I've scaled back. Certainly, like I said, now I work around this schedule that Owen and I have and I help out with Cam. That's the newborn where I can as well, too, because it's important and I can take the time and I don't have to work as frantically hard um, as she and her husband do because I'm not in the same stage of life that they are. Um, So, you know, it makes sense for me to scale back on my work versus uh, getting them to scale back on their work, if you know what I mean. So you should not right now. But yeah, so it's made a lot of sense. And honestly, and obviously I use them for material. So (laughs) (laughs) they're still content producers. It's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. Is there anything else that you want our viewers to, uh, our viewers? No, nobody's viewing. Everyone is listening. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to cover? off. And, you know, I, I just would say that if you are going to be lucky and be a grandparent, just try, you know, try to step back from the parenting mode. It can be hard sometimes. Try not to parent your child and try again because they're grownups. OK, they're having children and try not to parent the grandkids and just enjoy it. Um, you know, and and as I do have examples of friends of mine that have crossed the line with um, how they're parenting their grandkids and it's really backfired on them. Um, so really just follow the rules that they lay down in front of you and have some fun uh, with your grandkids. And you're right. I do everything slower with Owen. You know, I'll get, I'll, he'll sit in the bath for half an hour with me. I'm pretty sure when I not with me, but I'll be bathing him, but I'm pretty sure when I had my own kids in the bath, it was like, get in, get out, let's go. Right. Cause if we had things to do, we were busier. So slow the pace where you can, you know, and uh, really enjoy the time. Yeah. And, and the fact that, so t- let's tell people about um, your radio show, because clearly sure. this topic is, you know, big in your life because you're in this new phase, big in my life because it's coming and mm-hmm. I want to be prepared, but tell people about your radio show and the kind of content they can find there. Sure. So we just launched it. It is called Go To Grandma. And it's really as a result of, like I said, I found that being a grandparent wasn't sort of what my experience was with my own grandparents. And I thought we are dealing with a lot of different things today, Um, not COVID driven or anything like that, just what the world is today. So I thought about all the different ways that our lives are different than our own grandparents. And it really literally touched everything from, you know, food to travel to technology, social media, finances, fitness, health, everything that we do 
as grandparents today and how we sort of relate to our grandkids in that way. So we've had people on it, as I mentioned, talking about LGBTQ grandkids. We've had uh, people talking about how do you feed them and how do you stay within the rules? If you're, you you came on and talked about that, what if the grandparenting rules are different than the parenting rules? I just finished a travel segment in terms of um, multi-generational travel and how does that work and skip gen travel, which is where you just take the grandkids and you leave the kids at home. I've got some segments coming up on what video games could you play with your grandkids at different ages? And I have an expert talking about that, which again, we didn't talk about that before. I have um, Erin Davis coming on very special journey that she has being a grandmother. And I think a lot of people are familiar with that. And yeah. uh, so going to have a great conversation with her about, you know, the different ways that we can become grandparents. And, and also we'll be talking about step grandparents um, just so much to go through. Uh, we're going to have one session on explaining social media to grandparents. What are you allowed to share? Only one session? Only one session. <laughs> I've got Avery Swartz lined up and we're going to talk, be talking about um, what's the difference, first of all, between Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat. And there'll probably be another one launched before we even get there. And what are you allowed to post and what are you not allowed to post? You're not their parents. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're going to be talking about that. So again, a lot of topics coming up that um, we didn't deal with. I have someone coming on next week to talk about table manners. I'm very excited about that one. Um, you know, just there's every every sort of thing that touches our lives as grandparents um, that has a focus. And I've had such a great response, not only from Zoomer Radio, where I'm being hosted, but also just from the guests and the comments I'm getting back. It's uh, yeah, this is this is fun and this is informational. And I really appreciate you talking to our market specifically. So I'm having a blast with it. Um, and, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, and, and like I, I started off at the beginning of our, our talk together, Kathy, about this isn't just like a little piece of fluff. We are a bigger market looking mm -hmm. for help and conversation. I think a lot of people forget that, you know, in the United States anyways, there's a lot of people that have children who have been deployed or have mental health issues or have been incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And those kids end up going to their grandparents. There's a lot of grandparents raising their children because of unfortunate family circumstances. So grandparenting can look a whole bunch of different mm -hmm. ways. And it is not an easy one and done formulation thing it's a dialogue and 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 it's a conversation and you're bringing in the experts and you're opening up this topic and I'm, I'm thrilled that that's out there so that by the time my kids not that they need to rush right now Zoe and Lucy take your time take your time only when it's right only right. when it's right um but I'm excited about the next phase and I'm so glad that you're already ahead of this curve and I can learn from you so thank you so so much um we'll put all your contact information and links and everything in the show notes but is there anything else up and coming that you want to promote besides the radio show um, well, I will be talking about National Grandparents Day uh, is coming up on September the 12th. So if you are listening and you have a special grandparent, uh, what they really want is to spend time with you. How's that? So I'm making a little homemade card. We don't need any more stuff. We had stuff. Look at my house. Right. So, I mean, it's like so if you're thinking about it, uh, think about National Grandparents Day and uh, you know what? Just go and have go and have fun with them, you know? Yeah. Fun. Don't forget the fun, folks. Yep. Well, thank you, Kathy. I always have fun with you and you great too. to uh, share this space. And thank you for your time. And uh, we'll wait to see you in person soon. Sounds great, Allison. Thank you for having me on. Thanks. Bye. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. 
We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.